0: psalms psalm 81 hallelujah psalm 81 god bless you i know he does and i appreciate you being a blessing hallelujah god is so good and you got to recognize like we were saying earlier the devil does fight us praise god you just keep on fighting back amen sometimes it stings hello Sometimes it's not easy, sometimes you may may weep and cry some real tears, but God's still going to take you through. I'll tell you, after you've been through a few battles, it still stings, but you just have the faith to say, you know what, this isn't the end, this isn't over, we're going to keep going on, we're going to keep going all the way to the finish line, Amen." amen. Psalm 81, let's pray, Father, we love you, thank you again for your presence here, thank you for Lord, brothers and sisters that just... Lord, love you and are hungry for more of you. God, bless each one. I pray, fill us up, Lord, with what you have for us, God, today. Help me, I pray, Lord, just that you're anointing and your direction, God, and just enable us today to be hearers and doers of your word. We love you so much, God, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 81, verse 8. Psalm 81, verse 8, hear, O my people, and I will testify unto thee, O Israel, if thou wilt hearken unto me. There shall no strange God be in thee, neither shalt thou worship any strange God. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. But my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would none of me. So I gave them up to their own heart's lust, and they walked in their own counsels. Oh, that my ways, my people had hearkened unto me, and Israel had walked in my ways. I should have soon, I should soon have subdued their enemies, and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him, but their time should have endured forever. He should have fed them also with the finest of wheat, and with honey out of a rock, should I have satisfied thee. God bless you. You can be seated. I'm going to title this this morning, shoulda, shoulda, before I get into my message, I want to say thank you to those that are praying for me this morning. Thank God for the men of this church. Praise God. I, uh, I make no. Apologies and thank God for the place that godly women have been to the kingdom of God. And the Bible's very clear. And I know, uh, a month and a little bit ago, we talked to the mothers and talked about that, that valiant, praise God, the virtuous woman, which is, which is not just a godliness, but there is a courage in that. And we see in this last day so many. Things that are just so basic, so fundamental, being attacked by the enemy in greater measure than ever before. But it's not new. It's not new at all. But I want to take some time. I did not last week. We had a different direction. And again, I don't apologize for that. We want to obey God. And it may seem odd for me to uh, say some things and address the fathers a week after Father's Day and uh, at least give me better late than never. But, uh, we do our best to just obey God, but I I really need to say I am thankful, praise God for the men of this church and for godly men. I know that, uh, there has been such a attack also in the culture against men and their role in society. And, uh, the, uh, extreme uh, just attack that we see on such, again, such a fundamental basis. And too often the church has kind of lacked in that area and almost really stolen a role. It's been very hard for men to feel comfortable in, uh, many church settings because they don't recognize that, uh, that God has given them masculinity for a reason. Amen. And and it's not something, if it's in God, something toxic, but it is something that God has placed men to to uh, to stand with courage in a last day and defend what God has placed in their care, their families and, and and the church itself. Amen. Godly men that can be an example of godliness that aren't embarrassed or ashamed, but humble enough to say, you know what, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord that they have an obvious example of godliness that it is not something that you have to wonder about praise god that that you know that daddy prays amen and nobody can ever uh, uh question that at all i know i thank god praise the lord for for sisters in the church that pray but hallelujah we ought to it ought not to be a surprise that that you can just go ahead and say hey we're going to pray about this we're gonna. We're not ashamed a to, to to lift up our hands and open our mouths and pray and, and let that be seen. You know your children need to see you pray, your family needs to see you pray. They need to know and hear that authenticity. That this isn't something that is just a, a, a prepackaged kind of thing. Praise God. I might get to this text after a while. I read. <laughs> Amen. But that's all right. But but that you pray and that you, it, it matters to you. That you have got a relationship with God. You can tell. Praise God if somebody's religious or they're a friend of God right. when they pray. Yes. Amen. That the word of God matters to you and to your home. Right. That there are principles of life, principles of how you you uh Treat your wife and your children, principles of how you work a job and our stewardship over your finances. Amen. Principles of holiness and separation from the world. That you say, this isn't just some idea that, that we're saying here, but this is the word of God. And this is why we know it's right. Yes. That, the, that, that your home and those, your, your wife and your children, that you, you are a lover of the word of God. That to come to the house of God isn't just a good idea. Right. Right. You understand the value of church. Yes, sir. That you understand that this community, uh, to build up your... When you've got so much in this world, right. every time they... they they, uh, I, say, I want to say turn on the television, but I hope you've, you've realized what an enemy that can be in your life. Right. Every time you see the, the culture trying to undermine your place right. as a parent... That you can come to a place that builds that up and says, hey, praise the Lord, a godly home and the role of parents in your life. The Bible says that's the first commandment with promise to honor your father and mother, that it may be well with thee and your days may be long upon the earth. Well, that's a Bible verse we taught our children when they were very young. Because it's, it's, when you can say, you know what, it's not just what mommy and dad are saying. Look at what the Word of God is being preached. Look at the, 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 the structure of life and, and to hear another voice. Your voice is so important. Amen. So valuable to your home. But to have somebody else be able to come in and say, hey, listen, this isn't just some crazy thing mom and dad came up with. This isn't some crazy idea that your dad's trying to institute. But look at what God said about you. Look at what God this is what we're building this on. Amen. That worship, worshiping God to love God in a way that that uh, that just just makes your family know that, hey, there's. There's somebody that loves God. So important. Amen. Thank God that already some of you aren't afraid to just say, yep, that's right. Amen. Praise God. You know what? You say, ah, you know, preacher, you can go ahead and preach all right without my backing you up. Yeah, that's not what it's about. I don't need all that. I can be instant in season and out of season. But sometimes, well, number one, you need to be active in this. This isn't just kind of flipping the switch and being a couch potato. This is something that God instituted, that we're all in this together. Amen. And that as you learn and as you put your heart into it. But you know what? When, when, uh, when your family hears, hey, daddy believes that. Daddy stands by that. Amen. And I believe we're going to go home and we're going to live that and do that. He's going to do his best to institute that in my home. Amen. amen he's not going to tear it down and tear down oh let's hear about brother and sister what they do wrong and how they do wrong but it's going to be built up in my home amen, amen. well thank god for that yes, thank god for for leadership a lot of folks have an idea of leadership masculine leadership men in leadership and that means pound your chest and bark out the orders and how far from right that is yes, but to have a love of god yes. amen a love of prayer, a love of the word of God, to have leadership in your own life, not to be afraid. I've I told you this a few weeks ago. I'm going to kind of double down on it. The most problems I'm not going to say it's the most dangerous thing, but the most problems I've had on a personal level, trying to lead and trying to bless people with godly counsel is insecure folks that see it as a threat. Right. That somehow I know I'm not right, but I don't need somebody else coming here. Tell me what. Yeah, you probably do. Hello? David did. David was a man after God's own heart. David was a man who wrote most of the Psalms. He wasn't afraid to have somebody come in and give him godly counsel. That's not a threat. That's a strength. Amen. To be able. And we're going to see that in the word of God as well. And I want to say one more thing. Thank God for men that get alongside and help. Saw a little bit of that today, just the prayers uh, and, uh, and the faithfulness to say, you know what, this isn't just uh, uh, me doing my own thing, but we get alongside one another and build up, support, and help one another and how much we need that in this day. There's uh, too much weakness in the world, and I know you've got a lot against you, a lot fighting against you, and sometimes I can tell you as a dad, a husband, and a pastor, and uh, I I can tell you it's not always easy, and it's not always just just happens the way you think it should, but you stand up and you love the principles of what God has blessed in your life, and God's going to bless you. I'm thankful for you, man. And I pray for you that God will help you in the battles that you fight for your families. Amen. Looking at verse eight now, praise God. God is reaching out to his people at this time. Maybe it's just going to be a little Bible study here. Let me slow down a little bit and look at pick out some things here that that stand out to us. O my people, and I will testify unto thee, O Israel, thou shalt hearken unto me. There shall no strange God be in thee, neither shalt thou worship any strange God. God's drawing his people to himself in love. These other gods and these other ways that the world is running after, he's going to tell them, they didn't deliver you out of your old life. They didn't help you when you needed help. I've been there all along. Don't go after those. He said, I'm the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. I love this. Hear the heart of God. Open thy mouth wide, and I'll fill it. Oh, yeah. right. Open thy mouth wide. See what this is? Is a God saying right here with me is where you'll be blessed. All right. Open up your mouth wide. Means give me room to show you how much I can bless you. Right. Oh, yeah. It's like a like a, it's it's a picture of a a bird on its nest getting ready to feed its little little babies. Open your mouth wide. It's almost as if he's saying, you know, don't, don't just open it up a little bit. Give me room to show you how good I can be to you. This is the heart of God. The heart of God as a father, as a parent, if you will, has never for one day or one moment been to oppress you to take away your toys, That's right. to try to do anything but love you. And he's saying, if you'll give me enough room to show what I want to do for you, open up your mouth wide, I'm going to fill it up. Yes, amen. I love how he says he's able to do exceeding abundantly above yes. all that we ask or think. Yeah. We think we've got our best interests in mind. We've been hurt. We've been done wrong. And we are very paranoid and suspicious of other people when they say they've got our best interests in mind. But God, but God is always looking to do us good. When he's trying to say, hey, come on, give that to me. Come on, take, let go of that. Stop it. He's got something better for you. When you pray for something and a job or or something for your future and you're asking God to work out plans that you've got and you think you've got it all figured out and God says no yes, amen. that's not fair and you get mad and God why not and this doesn't seem right why don't you love me I've got something so much better for you I've got something so much better for you, exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. I know some of you, you're saying, you don't know how I ask and think. (laughs) Because when I start asking and thinking, it's... And God says, oh, exceeding abundantly above all that. Have you read your Bible? The way God delivers, the way God brings victory, the way God helps. Amen. It's We're talking about a God that blesses and blesses and blesses and then... And then heaven, yes. eternity, yes. open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Amen. But my people would not hearken to my voice. All right. Hearken on the surface seems like it means to listen. But to listen is more than just hear with our ears. It's to follow and obey. Yeah. Right. When God says hearken unto me, he's not just saying, listen, did you hear me? Right? right. Parent. Are you listening to me? I'm listening. I heard everything. And say, What did I say? You said this. OK. Just repeat it back. What about doing it? Right. What about obeying it? That's what hearkening really is. When we hearken unto the Lord, it's not just that we hear it. We get it. Yeah. You ever talk to somebody? They tell you they hear you, but they're not really hearing you. Right. That's what Jesus was talking about in Matthew 13 when he was quoting Isaiah 6. All right. They got ears, but they don't hear. They, they, they hear, but they don't really hear. It doesn't get down into their hearts. And that's what hearkening is. It goes into our ears, but it goes into our hearts. And he says, I want to fill them up. Do you see this? You'll see that this. this is Old Testament, right. but it's the same God. Yeah. He's saying, open your mouth wide, I'll fill it. But my people would not hearken unto the, my voice. Israel would none of me. So you know what God did? He won't make you. That's right. He won't make you. That's right. That's right. We might talk about it tonight, but... A little bit more. But I've had people here just recently ask me about such a horrible thing like hell. And how I could never. You always have something messed up if you're kind of thinking maybe I am more loving than God. I would never send my children, no matter how bad, no matter how they did, I would never punish them like that. I think you've got so un misunderstood. All right. Right. Yeah. I, I see God having a an eternity yeah. of paradise of heaven yeah. that He said, "I go away to prepare a place for you." I, there is a hell. Yeah. I made it for the devil and his angels. Yeah. Right. I don't. And and all your life, He's saying, "Come live with me." Don't don't go to hell. Come live with me. How many situations and circumstances you've pulled your shoulder away from him? You walk and he's still saying, come live with me. I want you there. How many situations, how many things has he just specifically knocked on your heart's door? Even in the book of Revelation, he's saying, I stand at the door and knock. Yeah. But he won't make you. That's right. He won't make you live with him. Right. That's right. But he'll beg you and his heart will be broken. As a parent, Amen. if I said, I've got a place for you that you'll be So blessed and you'll be well taken care of. You'll be surrounded with love and acceptance. But I won't force you against your will. What kind of God would do that? Make you against your will? That's not love. That's not heaven. And if I would understand that there's some awful horrible place out there that's compelling them that somehow they think that's going to be more fun more fulfilling than the place i've prepared for them and i do everything within my will short of somehow kind of rewiring their brain to make them love me that's not what god will do he's not like that but if i do everything within my power to say please don't go there you're going to die you're going to be so hurt you're going to be so abused there please come here Say, how could God send somebody to hell? God's heart, it will be broken. God's heart is broken. That the people that he loves and he deals with and he calls say no. This idea that he's punishing us because we've done something wrong. That's not what the Bible talks about salvation. The Bible says God's calling us. It's not because you're so bad. Oh, why does somebody so bad go to hell? Or I don't think they're that bad. Where do you see that in the Bible where God's looking at bad people versus good people? We're lost people with a God who say, please let me save you. Please don't go to hell. When you can't figure out why a preacher would stand in a pulpit week after week Hour after hour and just just act like he's he, he's just got something wrong with him because he's so passionately saying, come on, hear God, what he's trying to say to you. That's the love of God. Saying, Don't go to hell. I want you to come in a place I have prepared for you. It breaks God's heart that people reject the place he's prepared for them. He wants them to be saved, but he won't force anybody against their will. He said, uh, I gave them up to their own heart's lust. What you want. Remember I told you that word lust in our vernacular. We look at that as just kind of sexual. But it's not in a, in a biblical sense. It just means our desires. What we want. Right. It can include that. But basically, okay, your will. Yeah. So you reject my will. So go ahead. Right. Go ahead. Maybe, maybe, maybe. When you find out in time, that your will didn't get you anywhere. When you find out that you're still kind of spinning your wheels and never really getting what what is satisfying and fulfilling and something in your mind like the, like the prodigal, you'll come to yourself and say, you know what? Even the servants are doing better on a really bad day in church. That's a lot better than what I'm living day after day without God. Yes, sir. I can imagine, We you know, you've heard it many times, the ark. You know, there's a lot of great pictures of the ark and and Noah and and the animals, but rest assured if you've ever been in a barn with just a few animals, (laughs) amen, there's probably some challenges there, some stank in the ark. But I'll tell you, I don't think any day anybody in the ark say, you know what, I wish I was out there with the rest of them. Sometimes there's some stank in church as well and in living for God sometimes there's some some things that aren't really just seemingly to be paradise but you know what better it's so much better to be saved but God is saying okay I'll why would he give them up to their own counsels okay uh, maybe you need to learn a lesson the hard way maybe like the prodigal you need to recognize that this I thought it was going to make sense I said they don't know they don't understand so he gave them up to their own heart's lust, and they walked in their own counsels. Yes. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me! There's that broken-hearted father. He's watching them go after their own counsels, not the ways and the wisdom of God, their own ways, and seeing them hurt, seeing their heart be broken again and again, seeing them struggle and suffer, and says. Oh, that they would have hearkened unto me and Israel would have walked in my ways. Now, several times now in these next three verses is this word should. Right. And it is to me, uh, again, just, I hear the heart of God saying, What could have been? Right. What should have been? Yes. Amen. I had a plan. It wasn't always going to be easy, but it's not that you wouldn't have had battles. It's not that you wouldn't have had struggles. All right. But I should have soon subdued their enemies. It would have been over so quickly if you could have just trusted me. That's right. God sees us in our in our struggles. And and and, and I understand, Ah, oh, man, I fight so many enemies when I live for God. Yeah, but you got help. And you've got strength. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. And God is saying, I should have subdued their enemies soon. You're going to have battles, but with God, you're going to get through it. You're going to see victories. God's heart is saying, I should have been able to help you. We, we go our ways and say, God, why didn't you help me when I needed you? God's saying, it should have been possible. I wanted that, but, but you didn't want my ways. So now we're in teaching mode. I should have soon, should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. The beautiful thing about being a Christian is it's not that we don't struggle and, and battle, but there's always this understanding that, God, you're working something here. There's a there there is a plan and a purpose not only to survive the storm, but when we get out the other side, God, there's there's purpose in this that you're going to either bring strength to me or somehow mold me in a way that I can be more compassionate to others that are going through similar storms, maybe somehow like Joseph, you can. Through this, position me in a place. Does anybody remember not just the story of Joseph, but so many others we could talk about? Thinking about Elijah that one day, that he is in a famine. You know, God is showing himself that he is God in the midst. He's kind of letting the people realize that they, their counsels and their ways are, are just gonna bring them damage. And, and, uh, he brings that, that, uh, that famine in the land, that drought in the land. But you know what? Elijah's sitting by the brook. He's got fresh water coming every day because he's right there in the presence of God. He's got uh, the ravens are bringing him food where they got that in that time. Who knows? But they're bringing him some food. And then one day the brook is dry. Trouble trial. It might not seem like a big deal, but when that is your source of life, really, and it dries up, what am I going to do? I'm going to trust God. He gets up. Says, okay, God, I guess uh, I'm not camping here anymore. Goes his way. And there's a widow that needs a miracle. God brings a miracle through that ministry. And for the rest of the famine, that widow sustains him through that miracle. Why, God, would you allow this in my life? I want to get you over here to use you in a greater measure. So struggles and trials if I'm not in the will of God, I can kind of hope for the best and suffer and hurt and cry. But in God, yeah. I can say, God, maybe you're not telling me what I'm doing or what's happening in my life or how this is working in my life. But, but I've seen what you do. I know, I know your ways, Amen. and you've got something good Amen. for me. Amen. Yeah. Right. Well, praise God. Oh, that my people have hearkened unto me. I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of God should have submitted themselves unto Him, but their time should have endured forever. God's just saying, I want to bless them and I want to help them and I I want to be there for them. Have you ever, ever, ever see a friend or maybe a child, some of your parents just going through things that, that really, uh, they need a friend. They need help. They need to, so many people that are giving them input aren't helping them at all. They're just enabling them to go, telling them what they want to hear, and, and helping them go on a road to, to to hurt and damage. And you just want to be right there to say, come on, you, you are loved, and you don't need that, and this is going to be so good for you, and, 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 and to, to not have that ability to say those things, that hurts you. And God is saying, he should have fed them also with the finest wheat. With honey out of the rock, should I have satisfied thee? I looked at this in my feeble way of reading the Bible. When I see God saying, I wanted to give them the finest wheat, I wanted to give them honey out of the rock, I would have have satisfied thee. Isn't that the most amazing thing that God does? Uh, it's one thing to get healed. It's one thing to get a need met financially. It's another thing to, to have things work out in a way that has to be God. But to be satisfied. There's a lot of things in this world. I, I think about this probably very regularly, if not every day. I thank God, there's so many people with maybe nicer vehicles, bigger houses. I'm not against any of that. And, but to be satisfied. Just to get up in the morning and say, God, you've been so good to me. You've been better to me. I, I couldn't even ask you for one more fish. You've just been good to me and good to me and good to me. Amen? Right. Praise the Lord. Right. But when I read this and I see that, it just... You're going to have to forgive me. It's 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 just... Uh, I almost feel like God's just saying all this. And it, it seems like there should be more. It seems like to me that there there should be something that brings it around and... But it's almost as if God says, I I, I can't, I can't say anything more. I, I've got to stop. I just want to bless them so much. I want them to have everything. I should have been able to. I should have been able to help you in that need. I should have been able to bring you out. All that pain, it shouldn't have lasted that long. That problem should have turned around and you've been on the top and all the problems have been underneath. Amen. And it's almost like he just stops. I, i can't I, I can't say anymore my my heart is just overwhelmed with the grief of seeing my people choose a path that leads them to destruction. God is so good to us if we would recognize matthew twenty three that God now incarnate walking in flesh, he looks at the religion he looks at the Self righteousness, the people that are calling themselves the people of God, but they they don't know Him. Matthew twenty-three, you see that over and over again. There's self-righteous hypocrisy, and Jesus just really just lays it out. Says, This hypocrite. You're hypocrites. Goes down the, the line of how this isn't godliness, this isn't righteousness, this isn't holiness. And we see that same God, the zeal of his house, that that eats him up and causes him to turn over the money changers' tables and drive them out uh, of a house that should be a house of prayer. And you see that fire and that passion in him where he calls them hypocrites and, and rebukes them. And he finishes in verse 37 saying, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Listen to this. This is the one that people say that is sending people to hell. How can any, any father be so, so harsh and cruel? Read what he says. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets. We're going to look at that here in a little bit. We're going to back up to verse chapter 22 after this. But you've killed the prophets. The people that were speaking in my name saying, come unto me, you've killed them and stonest them, which are sent to thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings and ye would not. It's not God saying you, I reject you, I punish you. It's saying, I'm, I'm looking to gather you. I'm looking to, to take care of you. I'm looking to protect you from the, the predators that, that are eyeballing you from, the, from, from the, the, the high rocks and want to come down and destroy you. How often would I have gathered you? I would have loved you. I would have given you security. Right. Yeah. It's not him. Not. Ye would not. Right. It's your choice. When you turn from God's will and God's best. Hey, I want to tell you something. Sometimes God, what he's asking you to do, what he's leading you to do, seems so difficult, even impossible. That's when you pray. It's when you pray and say, God, not my will. It's when you pray and ask God for help. Help me. Do your will. You know, I, I feel like there's a lot of times this may not be the. The thing you expect a preacher to say. But I feel like sometimes I'm like that. There's a man in the Bible I relate to some days. The man that came to Jesus and said, if you can heal me, I sure need it. And he said, can you believe? And the man responds with this pure honesty and says, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Uh, Sometimes my response to God, I know where it should be. But I find my own ability so lacking. And that's where God is so good. Don't just go on your way. Let God fill in that gap of your weakness. Let God be God in your life. And when you say, I don't have what it takes, but here I am. Help me. Help thou my unbelief. Too many people aren't asking for the help. They're just saying, I can't. I won't. And then they go back to their old habits, their routines and Rather than saying, "Okay, this is what I know. This is right. I know this is you. I know you're good, but I have a lot of struggles. I've got a lot of questions. I got a lot of hang-ups. God, help thou my unbelief." He will. He will. I've said this many times, where you know you might after Jesus has done so many great miracles, signs and wonders, and ministering and helping and meeting needs and and feeding the hungry and healing the sick and and delivering them from the powers of the devil. You might say think he'd say, hey, man, look around. Look at what I do. Help my unbelief. Have you noticed the miracles I just got done doing? And if you stick around, I'm getting ready to do some more. You know, come back when you get more faith. But when the man says, help thou my unbelief, Lord helps him meets his need yes. right. he will help you That's right. he'll help you in your weakness amen. I know I know it's you're not proud of the fact that this is it shouldn't be so hard for you right. it shouldn't be so difficult uh, I, I should love God more than that help thou yeah. my weakness yes, sir. Yeah. help me love you right. amen. help me yeah. serve you help me obey you amen. help me believe amen Back up to Matthew 22 for a little bit. Jesus tells this parable. Does he sound like some ogre of a dictator? When he says, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king which made a marriage throwing a party. It's going to be exciting, it's going to be a celebration. For his son and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding. Come on. Come on. This is amazing. This is exciting. I want you to be part of a royal wedding. I want you. I want to give you a special invitation. And they would not come. It wasn't God. Saying who do you think you are? You're not worthy of this. He's he's reaching out. They would not come. Why not? Well. Well. He sent forth his servants saying, tell them that are bidden. Behold, I've prepared my dinner. The oxen, my fat. This is going to be good food. Right. Yeah. Oxen, fatlings are killed. All things are ready. Come unto the marriage. Yeah. But they made light of it. All right. It's not all that. It doesn't take that. I'm just, I'm good without that. I, I'll be fine. God loves me anyway. Made light of it. Went their ways. One to his farm, another to his merchandise. The remnant took his servants and treated them spitefully and slew them. There are some that just make excuses and some that get angry and and kill the prophets kill the messenger yeah. it's not about the messenger it's about the message yeah. right. remember how Samuel they said give us a king we we don't want he said God's your king right oh no we want to be like the other nations we want to be set up like them we're tired of God. he said when when has God ever done anything against you come on and and he goes back to to God and He's broken. What did did I do wrong? Where did I fail? And and God says, Samuel, they didn't reject you. They rejected me. Jesus says it. I've sent you the messengers and the servants and some some just made excuses. My job is more important than that. And, you know, my my uh, my whatever it might be, my hobbies. But God says no excuses matter. You can't blame somebody else. Let me tell you something. You've you've had a lot of things that you've had to overcome, all right. and the truth of the matter is, nobody understands just what you've been through. Right. But but we've all we've all had to walk a path. We've all had to deal with situations and hurts and circumstances that are unfair. Right. But God. Is going to give you a personal invitation and say, "I'll, I'll help you." Whatever. Say so you don't understand how hard it is for me to just, you know, get together with people. Whew. If you think you're going to get me near water, I'm afraid of water. You want people to come around and pray with me? Oh, I'm so claustrophobic, germophobic. <laughs> I mean, you start checking boxes, brother. You don't understand how many. You got to run out of ink in that pen. But God's got an invitation. God's got a a place prepared for you. And when we come with our weakness, say, God, help me in my weakness. You'll find God knows how to meet us and help us overcome. When we come to God, a lot of people have been misled to think it's just kind of like, here I am, you know, Take me as I am, and I accept you, and I, I say a sinner's prayer. The Bible uses terminology that isn't really, maybe, really exciting to a modern day, but it's an altar and repentance. It's there's a signification of of, of a death of my old life and a being born again in a new life. Yeah, right. You say, wait a minute, aren't you saying I need to accept Him? Yeah. I've In in a sense, yes. And doesn't he love? Yes, he does. But old things pass away. Behold, all things. We rise in newness of life. I heard a preacher years ago talking about being born again and said, you know, people say they're born again, but they're they're the same. What were you before old things passed away? Behold, all things, all things, all things become new. God makes you a new creature, a new creation. We cannot fix the blame on. Because what I hear, I'm not sure how God put this into me very early, but when I hear people say I can't because, to me, they're saying, this is more powerful than Jesus dying on the cross. See, this is. Because it's, it's not you, it's not how hard it is for you. With God, all things are possible. When you start saying, my past, brother, if I, if I, hey, you might bring tears to my eyes like that telling me about your past, but let me tell you about a God who is able. Amen. You might say all oh, the hang ups and all the brokenness. I've seen some folks pretty broken. All the problems that, that bind you and even addictions and, and all that, but God is able. Yes, what, when Jesus hung on that cross and said, it is finished, he didn't say, but I know this one person. Ah. So hard for me to think, how? How can I help them? Boy, the devil's really done a job there that I don't know what I'll do. No way! God is so able to help you in your need. When Jesus hung on the cross, praise God, the devil's work is defeated. And I, I stand here today Able to tell you there is nothing that you've been through, no kind of struggle or hang up or or addiction or 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 anything that the enemy has ever brought into your life. That God isn't greater with his love and his mercy and his power to heal and forgive and to set free. If you'll turn to him, if you'll be honest with yourself and say, you know what, God, it's not that I don't trust you. It's that I have a hard time letting go. I have a hard time of really just saying, Okay, God, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and I'm gonna die at that altar, but God you help me. And you turn to him. That's why a lot of people we talked about it earlier with worship, religion being kind of a fig leaf, a place to hide. A lot of the ideas of what people have for the gospel and of of what salvation is is a lot of uh, uh, nice little things that sound so easy. But repentance and taking all your life and laying it on the altar and saying, God, it's got to die. God, you help me. That's uncomfortable. But, oh, God does the work and he'll transform you. Isaiah 55. I'm going to close with this. You've been so patient. Isaiah 55, 6. It says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call on him. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. You know how many times people say, well, easier said than done, preacher. Anything is. Right? I tell them, you know, you can drop a, I could drop my handkerchief and say, hey, I need to pick that up. Easier said than done. Well, yeah. I mean, talking's cheap. <laughs> but necessary to be doers of his word. Let the wicked forsake his way. Listen, you don't have to do that alone. God's going to help you. He's that father saying, I'll help you. But I won't make you. I won't make you against your will. He said, whosoever will, let him come to me. His heart breaks that people won't come to him, but he'll do everything he can. You rest assured, no matter who it was, who it is, God's doing everything he can to reach them. And the unrighteous man, his thoughts... And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. To our God, he will abundantly pardon. I love that. Whatever you've got, he will abundantly pardon. That is a liberty, that is a freedom from the past guilt, the shame, the condemnation, that we can say, okay, God, you've forgiven me abundantly, that if I get any kind of thought in my mind that makes me feel ashamed for my past, God, you're greater than this heart that's even trying to condemn me. Right. Amen. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as high as the heavens are higher than the earth, So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down in the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth from my mouth. It shall not return void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. God's got prosperity. God's got a blessing for you. God's got a life for you that is not trouble-free. It's not, oh, no, no, he loves you too much to make it make, make you just a spoiled brat sitting back saying, hey, God, where's my next blessing? Yeah, right? While you sit back and just complain. No, no, no. God, hallelujah. You get me through another battle? Thank you. I'm stronger today. Thank you. I know how good you are today. Thank you. I can help people better today than I could before. Amen. Amen. But his will is to abundantly pardon you. And give you a life. I know we're so used to our routines. We're such creatures of habit. We go through these things like the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness. I know I've got I've got these things in my life. I know it's not best. I know it's not right. But it's so hard for me. God will help you. God will help you. Will you pray? Will you reach out to God? Can we just bow our heads right now? Hallelujah. We ask God for help. We ask God, even in your unbelief, in your weakness, and your trials, we ask God to help you do what it takes. That He might be a Father to you. That He might do everything He said He should have done. I should have sub- soon subdued their enemies. If they would have hearkened unto me. I should have fed them with the finest of wheat and honey out of a rock. Should I have satisfied thee? We're so often our own worst enemy. We're so often the ones that remove our own selves from a place where God can really do what we've been praying for. See, God's a whole lot more than just somebody who blesses us. Oh, he does. But He's not going to enable us through His blessings to continue on in lifestyles and habits and sins that are going to cause us to, to lose out with Him. First things first, He wants us to be saved. He wants us to be walking with Him and on our way to an eternity with Him. He's a good God. He wants to bring victory and blessing into your life. He wants to, more than anything, be that friend, be that father that day by day satisfies the emptiness, the loneliness that's inside of you. That you, you know, it's not just something you say with your heart, with your mouth, but you know in your heart you have. Fulfillment in you. So many different ways to try to find that fulfillment. So many different ways to try to numb the, the ache of emptiness. And God says, I, I should have been that for you. I should have been the one that satisfies you. Don't, don't look any longer for, for something that God wants to do in you. Hallelujah. Let's find a place to pray. Let's talk to the Lord. God, you're so good. Out to God. He's the father. You just be the oh, thank you. Hearken unto Him. He'll lead you every step of the way. He'll help you. If you'll listen. If you'll listen. He's got to be more in your life than the one that just sees how weak you are, loves you, and will save you one day. He wants to walk with you and give you His blessings. He wants to know you. and a friend to each one of us. While we go our ways, do our best throughout the day, there's better. There's God, not my will, but thine be done. Oh, He'll help us. In your weakest hour, He's there for you. He's there for you. Desire to bless, to help you through this life that's so full of pain that's so full of challenges that can be overwhelming but He'll be there He'll walk with you He'll put faith in your heart and He'll guide you through every storm Hallelujah Hallelujah if we just let Him Lead the way. No, let's all stand. While I am waiting. Father, we love you, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for a love that we are unworthy of, God, but you have loved us. And you have reached for us and saved us, God. And, and Lord, now you, you help us every step of the way, God. Thank you for it, God. Thank you. Draw us closer to you, God. Lead us. In these last days, Lord, I know people are fighting so hard. There are so many battles, Lord, just so overwhelming. But, God, show us day by day that you're there to lead us, to guide us, to teach us to make us, Lord, what you called us to be. Now, Lord, I pray that you just go with us, God. Bless each life, each home, each family, God. Keep us in your care. Keep us safe as we travel, God. I pray your blessings of health, Lord, and protection on each home. We'll give you all the praise, Lord. You're worthy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you.